As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. Just before we hit record for this edition of Times Ours, uh, Nate Taylor and I were exchanging observations about today's press conferences. The Chiefs have been talking this week, obviously, as they begin preparing for their opponent, who, if you haven't found out by now, is the San Francisco 49ers. And last week, in a game that was all about Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, this week, I legitimately think I have only heard of the word Garoppolo said one, maybe two times in any Chiefs press conference they have had all week long. I'm guessing that Josh Allen's name was mentioned a few more times, so mm. I don't know if it's too soon to call it a, a weird game if it's just a weird week, but I'm getting whiplash going from the Bills to the Niners to the bye week next week. I don't know if the Chiefs are, Nate, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser, the whole gang's all here. Um, but that is just that was just my takeaway from today, where where there was a uh, finally a question along the lines of something 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 Jimmy Garoppolo to Steve Spagnuolo, and I went, oh, I think that's the first time that the opposing team's quarterback has been brought up so far this week. Correct. <laughs> this is as some people have suggested. Won't be me, but some people have suggested that this is a Super Bowl Fifty Four rematch. Primarily because, yes, both teams have the same head coach and the same quarterback. That concludes... Same uniforms? That, same that, uniforms, that, I that, think? That concludes Super Bowl 54 <laughs> rematch preview. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to totally take us off the, the, the tracks... Um, but I am going to look something up while I do this because it dawned on me yesterday, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle it at some point here. Yes, the the Chiefs play the 49ers, coming off a loss against probably the best quarterback not named Patrick Mahomes in the league, and now they get to pay Jimmy Garoppolo with we presume will be a healthier defense, a more complete defense, um, to be perhaps more competitive. 
um, in the game. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun you know matchup of these two teams. But um, there's not a ton of people left from the Super Bowl championship roster. Um, and yeah, guys, the 49ers kind of somehow backed into this. Like, I don't think this was their plan. In fact, we know that wasn't their plan uh, because they they drafted Trey Lance and he got hurt in the first game of the season, I believe. Is that right, Josh? Seth? Yeah, I think that's right. I think yep. it was very, very early. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it was, it was the second game of the season. Excuse me. Because uh, he played in a monsoon in Chicago. Oh, God. <laughs> even worse. And then they played the Seahawks in on a... I don't know if it was a design quarterback run. I guess I have to rewatch. Oh the play. no, you're right because it was like uh, it was like guard tackle. It was yep. like yeah, it was right uh, up the gut. Was, yeah, it sure was. It wasn't great. Um, so this wasn't their plan. I had said pretty much all of July and, uh, and August uh, that they should trade this quarterback, that they should release him, that he should not be on the team because, uh, you know, you've basically made your decision. Well, I was wrong, and <laughs> now Jimmy Garoppolo is a better version of Cooper Rush, who also led his team to the Super Bowl at one time. So it's a fascinating situation going on in San Francisco, because quietly, they, I think they're the best team in their division, but like... I don't know, Geno Smith looking real good. If they could just find a defense for him, which not a phrase I thought I'd ever say in 2022. If the Seahawks could just find a defense for Geno Smith. But it's a pretty big game for both teams in the context of week seven in the NFL. Seth, I mean, a defense led by D Ford, another led by Bashad Breland. I mean, what are you expecting in this rematch? <laughs> um, I. Clearly, probably something like a, you know, two to five type uh, <laughs> defensive struggle. Um, by the way, it's good to talk to you guys. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I I haven't seen you guys since we were uh, since we were carrying Nate off into the sunset. Oh, um, we did do a pod. We did do a podcast like two days after that. Like this is the second podcast we've done since I you there? were in town. I mean, you were you were with us physically. Uh, was I really? Holy cow! I don't even remember that. Anyway, it, it was a, it was a long road. <laughs> it was a long. Oh yeah, because it was the day that I road. drove home. Clearly, I'm doing well. I think I should really do an important job, like one that involves the safety of children or prosecuting felonies with this mental. State. No, no, no. You're great. You're 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 doing just great. <laughs> um. No, I, for a post-game reaction edition of Times Ours is Joshua, <laughs> Nate, and Seth discuss the Chiefs. So, yeah, I mean, your name is in there, man. I mean, I don't remember either, to be honest. It's been a minute, but uh, yeah. like you were there for that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I must have been out of it because I remember I complimented you during the uh, the uh, on your post-game. Yeah, that's yes. right. Seth, uh, Nate Nate was the most out of it because he he got blue for a little bit, and we have a now we have a parental advisory version of our uh, artwork made by yeah, Lovelace. Yeah, yeah. I, look, look, guys, I could... I, I appreciate that most people uh enjoy the Oh no the zero blitz that I that I threw out there. Um 
What? 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 What's wrong, Josh? What, what? I mean, just the way you said most people made me think that maybe you've heard from some people who didn't enjoy saying? it, and I just don't really want that to be true. So I'm look, just going to keep it moving. Look, you can't praise, you know, you you can't please everybody, nor can you receive praise from everybody. I mean, I think life wouldn't be enjoyable. Um, Shout out to Nathan, who put the parental advisory yes. explicit content sticker on the album art. I just uh, went to double check that. Yeah, no, you're right. You can't You great. can't please them all. Um, you know, you and, you and Spags both. And this will be, uh, you know, this will be... A clean show. We can. We don't, a good fundamental Christian-like show is what know, this is going to be. In that, in that, at least this is the way it looks on Apple's uh, musical app. You know, the little E next to the title. <laughs> Ooh, that that little E's doing a lot. <laughs> Do we have an E on Apple Music? <laughs> Not anymore. I know this? Well, no. Now well, we would. Track, you would know the, because of the, how it works. Let me know the track list. Well, I mean, I figured I'm it was a, E I'm, for everyone. Is it E no, for, it's e for <laughs> explicit? Yeah, it's a red E. No, so don't it, give it yeah. away. It's, sorry, not, a, sorry, it's sorry. not a green E. It's not a family-friendly you know, E. I'm going to give a quick shout-out because this person has done an amazing... He's, I know it's for a more mass appeal given the genre that is hip-hop. Freddie Gibbs did it, y'all. Oh, this Freddie Gibbs album is so good. Well, I haven't listened to it. Um... But there's an E next to every track list. That's why I wanted to <laughs> reference. Just before you press play, just know it ain't going from E to like non-E to like non-E to E. No, it's E every single every tra- track. There's not even an there's not even a PG interlude? Nope. <laughs> still still in a still a album of the year category album while also yeah, man. It's a lot of ease out there. Um, well, look, so far, the only thing we've actually accomplished in this episode is reminding Seth that he was on the last one. So true, that, true. That's a good place to start. I, you did have to make the trip, though, Seth. And I also promised people that we would get your, like, actual barbecue advanced analytics on this edition of the show. Oh, sure. Like, the places you went, the quick reviews, the sheer amount of meat. And then we'll get into, <laughs> you know, the Niner sure. stuff, talking about the offensive How, line, man defense, and all that. Did you well, have to cut weight before you started reviewing the film? <laughs> <laughs> my, like, you drove fingers, back in a trash my fingers bag. Were, <laughs> my fingers were too fat to click on the... Uh... <laughs> so... Um, we don't recognize this fingerprint. This so was, whoa, I, whoa, I who is three, this? I had, well, I had four meals while I was in KC. Uh, I'll, I'll go in reverse order. Uh, shout out to our friend of the show, Clint, uh, for for tailgating for me. Made me some good pulled pork and some brisket. Um, and I, I just never get sick of it. I don't. Um, then I had I finally, finally, while I was in town. Minsky's had the uh, the Joe's barbecue oh. pizza. Oh, oh did you do it? Great. Oh my goodness! My expectations were high, folks. They were high, high enough to be nervous. Turns out, I had nothing to be nervous about. Oh. That was unbelievable. Like I figured, like man, I've eaten barbecue two meals in a row. I'm not really gonna like this. No, it's so good. It's so. Good. Minsky's, are they keeping that forever? Because they should. They should, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to advise them not to. <laughs> it it was it was genuinely, genuinely delicious. And I'm not normally like a like a barbecue pizza guy, like, you know, some of the chicken stuff they do and that kind of stuff. It's not really my thing, but it is. I mean, it was unbelievably delicious. Um, terrific. And then, obviously, I, so I had lunch at uh, Joe's, had, had a Z-Man on Texas toast, some fries, no side of meat. 
just the oh zoom wow in eyes. I mean this is because progress. the previous evening those who follow on Twitter I ordered two meals while at Char Bar and with, like not like haha this could be two meals matter like, of fact Seth ordered two meals and by the way don't look don't look at Nate yet by the way I'm gonna have this as well like, yeah. <laughs> no, that, no, I had to stop her. I was like, all right, I will have the CBGB burger with a side of fries and then like one other thing. And she's like, okay. And she starts moving. I'm like, hang on. I wasn't finished yet. Oh, no, because I was going to get like a side, side of burnt ends. ends. That's or, right. I was going to get a side of burnt ends. And then I was looking. I said, hey, before you go away, can I change that side of burnt ends to the full two meat platter? That comes with two extra sides of its own. <laughs> Maybe it was a three meat platter. I can't remember now. Anyway, it was awesome. A lot of it meat. was great. And and so um, Char Bar, we we had a blast. We hung out in the outside area. Mm-hmm. We it's a really fun place to hang out, and the food really was tremendous. Like um, it just one of the best things I ate all weekend were those uh, uh, the the what the jalapeno cornbread. Yes, mm. yes. I'm getting mm. hungry thinking about the it. The best actually, thing, uh, hot hot. Kind of a hot take. It's the best thing on the menu. It was it's, it was unbelievable. It's incredible that like a really strong, established, like never disappointed when I go there barbecue place in Kansas City where I'm like, best thing isn't the meat. <laughs> Them cornbreads, they speak to me. They speak to me. They speak to me and my ancestors. I mean, come on now. <laughs> It really, it really is tremendous food, a really fun atmosphere. I have got to stop talking about food, though. I am, <laughs> I, I am to, to inject a little holiness into this podcast after the de- debauchery of earlier. <laughs> I'm fasting right now. And so, like, wow. I'm going to die is what I'm saying. And believe me, that's not a humble break. That's an ode to my own stupidity. That's just like, so... Can we not talk about food anymore? All right. I almost texted you guys literally like 15 minutes before we started recording to ask if I was alone in this. But now that we're here, I just feel like I can ask you guys and the audience. I made a terrible mistake here. Do, do you guys ever... Now, this is different also because I have diabetes. I know this. we never talk about this. Big reveal. But so therefore, like, if I eat carbs, I have to do a little math and I have to eat like a little later because I have to try to plan to get my insulin figured out. You know, it's, right. it's fine. Whatever. But what this has led me to do even more often than I did... Pre-diabetes, diapredes, mm. is that I will just stand at the island in the kitchen with just maybe, maybe a plate, maybe a little barbecue sauce or a little honey mustard, and then just some deli meat and cheese, and I'll just kind of sadly just work my way through it. Sometimes it's like charcuterie <laughs> board stuff, but it's just out of the out of the drawer in the fridge, right. into my, out of the bag into my mouth, where it's just like this is not. There, there is no love in this food transaction. I'm just eating because it's been nine hours and I forgot to do that before this moment. Uh, is that, is that just like your late twenties, early thirties? Is that me being broken? I need a little guidance on this one. No, nah, man. You know that's just primal. You know everybody goes it's through that. Primal. It's Every, primal. Every everybody goes through primal. Like if no one's near me, um. <laughs> And my significant others or the people that I clearly have a crush on are not around. Then, <laughs> then yeah, we get into our just, it's just instinctual. 
Oh, uh, so no, man, we've all been there. I mean, I, I, I do have I, to hide that from Renee until after the wedding, at least, because at that point, it's a lot of paperwork. But right now, I yeah. think if she sees me with just barbecue on, all over my face and mm. not at a barbecue restaurant, you know, I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm going to applaud you for the cheese, not just the meat and the barbecue, but just, you know, oh, yeah. no, I'm, get some cheese in there as well. I mean, why not? I'm, I had some I had some pickled okra, you know, big mm. pickled, uh, just a just a Kloss and pickles type of guy. You know, I'll, I'm not I'm not saying it's it's not the best version it could be. It's really the standing and eating that is what changes it from charcuterie to like Oscar, <laughs> like <laughs> Oscar the Grouch, just <laughs> shoveling food into a trash can. Nah, you know, look. That is your pride talking. <laughs> and there's no need to be proud. No. It's just a matter of its efficiency. You've right. gotten older, you care less about your pride, and you're like, no, I just want to be efficient and live my life, and I might grab a little more of this, and I don't want to have to get down and get back up and all that kind of static. Because the older you get, the more... The that standing up becomes like a thing, uh, right? A thing you have to plan for. Like, like here, hang on. Let me just. I'm just gonna stand up, and I'm gonna intentionally. I just yeah. give me like three seconds to get yeah. into the swing of it, to where I'm not doing it for effect. So I'm gonna take out my ear earbuds I'll, I'll here. I'm just gonna stand up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the stuff. That is the noise that happens when you stand up when you reach a certain age. I'm ready to go, I think, yeah. just from this mortal coil. I don't think that, I think that this for me is yeah. a real eye-opening experience. My, my mom used to say, you know, I done, I done sat down. So y'all just, <laughs> y'all just gone without me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, my shoelace is untied. Nah, like, I can just... probably walk on that bad boy for a little bit. You know what? I mean, <laughs> I'm already comfortable. I'll just, I'll just go on. Are you going with it? No, I already sat down. No, you know I didn't yeah. already. I didn't already sat down, got comfortable. You know, you gonna brush? You gonna brush your teeth tonight? Oh, I'm already laying down. That I'm one gonna, I do already. I gotta go to the dentist anyway, so <laughs> they'll, they'll get it. I mean, that's why they got hygienists. You know, they got yeah. Us. Yeah, they got no, us. that's that's. Please that's don't do that to those uh, ladies. Please no, don't. Statistically speaking, we've got at least one dental not. hygienist listening to the show right now who just threw their phone yeah. across the house. There, oh yeah, there, there was one woman that was like, "Well, you know, at least I don't have to fish an entire chicken breast out of your mouth today." And I was like, "You know what? You know what? And you know what, ma'am? I'm gonna try to keep that true for myself for forever. every dental hygienist forever, ever, ever." Uh, I don't she, want anyone to ever pull food out of my mouth. She was, she was, even really, though Seth tried at Char Bar, <laughs> she was really nice about it, but also. Yeah, it happens. Uh, but please don't be that. Please don't be that person. And of course, it was a guy. Because of course, we as men are idiots. Yeah. Now moving on. Take care of your teeth. So speaking of idiots, let's talk about uh, Kyle Shanahan. I don't know. Oh, man. I didn't wanna, what a, I, I don't believe it. What a what a, a sideswipe. What I mean, those bootlegs, those those motions. Oh, Trent Williams in motion. Give him all the credit. Um, are you ready for my interesting stat? Please. Okay. Love this, nothing more. This will get us maybe back on track, even though I thought it was going to get us off track. So it dawned on me yesterday, guys. You know, I've been on this earth 35 years. These eyeballs have never seen the Chiefs go to San Francisco and win a football game. Great. You know, it'll be interesting to see the reaction. if This game, I feel like, is a little more of a telling game than... Sunday's game. 
you know, we talked about that. They lost a, they put in a B, maybe B plus effort against the Bills. The Bills put in a B, maybe B plus effort. Both teams made some mistakes, blah, 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 blah. We went over all this. You didn't really learn anything new. If they go to the nine, if they go to San Fran and lose to the Niners, that I already, and, and Twitter isn't real life, but the, the nature of my mentions this week <laughs> is already, like, I'm curious if it would have been different if they hadn't lost that ridiculous game to the Colts, which is still just an embarrassment. Like, I think people should have been more mad after that one. Like, whereas the Bills game is like, eh, but yeah. since they lost both, it's like, come on! Like, because it, like, really matters. Um, I just, I don't know. I, 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 have a, I have a weird feeling about this game, but I can't tell if that's just me automatically sliding into Chiefs fan mode where I'm like, I need to protect myself from the potential inevitable that is, you know, Charvarius Ward picking off three passes if he plays or something crazy. Now, in all of our lifetimes, I believe, the home team has overwhelmingly won this particular matchup. Obviously, they don't play every year because they're not in the same conference and obviously you rotate through the divisions in the more... Um, you know, sort of post 2000s NFL. The last time the Chiefs and the only time the Chiefs have won in San Francisco during the regular season was on December 6, 1971. And I'm gonna click on the box score. Let's roll. I love it. I love it. I love an old box score. Oh, who, this who, who's throwing those passes in 1971? This is uh, via Pro Football Reference, a, a website that you should always. Uh, have some time to doodle around because, of course, earlier this year, we lost our minds. Understandably, because Josh Gordon had one of the greatest NFL seasons ever, oh. ever, ever. Um, if it will, I mean, it's going to load at some point, but, you know, the system's got to go way, way back. It's never when, never ready when you want it to be. Oh, the logo. Oh! Um, the, we got the, the old. The, we got the old. Uh, no yeah. longer, definitely no longer yeah. appropriate caricature logo, right? Yeah, they claim the whole Midwest oh. on that thing. I think. Hey, we as a people have gotten smarter over time. Um, not by yeah. much. <laughs> not by much, but at least I can say it. Um, whew, okay. Shout out to the 49ers. That logo has never changed and is classic. Guys, this is a Jan Stinnerud game. I mean, oh, come yeah, on. Wow. Uh, Otis Taylor and Lynn Dawson played in this game. Oh, wow. Lynn Dawson was 16 for 28 for 263, one touchdown, no interceptions, nice QB rating of a clean 100. Um, man, what a what a time. What a time. Otis Taylor, one reception, 25 yards, TD. Now, so the good news is we can change the stat from how you actually opened the, uh, the segment here with not since Lynn Dawson. It and then that makes it sound like it's going to happen Taylor. again now. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Bell played in this game. Buck Buchanan played in this game. Jim Lynch. Who is the Niners quarterback? Willie Lanier. Ooh, buddy. Ooh, buddy. Don't nobody remember this man. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I certainly have not heard of them. Um, he is a two-time Pro Bowler. Uh, Jim Brody, John Brody, excuse me. I can't even get his name. <laughs> that right. that is such a good representation <laughs> of like uh, Jim John. I, I, I don't know. Brody, I mean, Bob, it was the seventies. I mean, what are you gonna get into? Uh, 
Yes. Probably in a mustache. John Brody. Not in a... Uh, on the Pro Football Reference has, yeah, him, no real, mustache in there. has him really clean. Um, he was the MVP of the league in 1970. Hey, man. Yeah, man. Nate, there is a subsection of Niners fans, <laughs> maybe a small one, that is absolutely irate right now. I mean, he threw 24 touchdowns in 10 interceptions in 1970. His career touchdown-to-interception ratio is 214 to 224. That's like Troy Aikman right there. Hey, hey. You know, don't, so don't do this. Hey, it was on Monday Night Football. Let's keep it moving. Um, yeah, so I mean like, you know, uh it just it, it really did jump out to me, you know. Uh, obviously they don't play it all the time, but it's just like, yep, I remember that game, yep, I remember that game, yep, I remember that game. Wow, they've never and then I had to look it up and, and see that they did win in San Francisco one time. Um, I do. I'm sorry. So just good. as a really important point of clarification for times ours, John Brody did in fact have more touchdown passes than Troy Aikman. Just in case anyone was wondering if that was a joke or not, uh, two fourteen to one sixty five. Just in case anybody was wondering at all. And he's not in the Hall of Fame, correct? No, and and he retired fifteen years before Troy Aikman came into the league. So you want to have that conversation? About, oh, it's a different sport, you know, different different times, different eras. It was true for John Brody and Troy Aikman also. Hey, Pro Football Reference. It's a, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful website. When you have some time. Shout out to QBcompare.com as well. It makes it real easy to type in Troy Aikman in one box and John Brody in the other box. 129.7% of the passing touchdowns. I'm going to call my dad tonight and be like, do you remember John Brody? And he's going to be like, what? Yes. <laughs> I look forward to that. I look forward to hearing back. Just You know what? Uh, go ahead and just uh, patch me in just so I can listen. Yeah, yeah sure. Sure. Like, hey, <laughs> do you remember that Monday night game in 71? <laughs> so we've talked about John Brody more than we've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo to really, f- really fulfill that prophecy. Look, we know what look we know what Jimmy is like. We he's know. we know he's totally competent. He's he is Jimmy G. Like it's not. He's if totally we're gonna have he's he's better looking and not quite as good Alex Smith. And Alex Smith is a good-looking dude, by the way. I mean, I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo is a not-quite-as-good Alex Smith. I mean, you can... I, I, you know, different scouts see different things on tape. That's I'm not true. here to say Alex Smith is not Really? Him. Okay, you know what? We've gone way off rails already. Uh, Jimmy I can't, Garoppolo I can't do is incredibly right conventionally <laughs> handsome. That's, oh, my I mean, gosh. Okay. He, he definitely is. That's true. I No, I think that it's fair. I think if you want to say that Jimmy G is more handsome than Alex Smith. That's why Tom had to trade him. I mean, this man, <laughs> I cannot command, <laughs> that I cannot command the locker room. Next to this yeah. model. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong. I, I, I think you're probably right, Seth. I just wasn't willing to give up on Alex Smith. Once Alex Smith really settled in in Kansas City, grew up that beard a little bit, that was good for Alex Smith's stock. I mean, as his play improved, so did so did his hands in this rating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all tied. I mean, it's all tied together. But yeah. Yeah, just, for sure. Hey, one ahead, thing Seth. I would say, one thing I would say is we know who Jimmy Garoppolo is, but I do still don't think we necessarily know who the Chiefs defense is. And this is an interesting game to see more about that. That's what I mean by this game being a little more of a um a little more of a measure because you can't really measure who you are against the Bills because on one hand, well, they held them to 24. On the other hand, the Bills had some self-inflicted errors, right? On the other hand, because we have multiple hands now, the blitzes by and large got home got home and really messed with Josh Allen. On the other, other, other hand, mm-hmm. 
on the two plays they had that were successful against the Blitz, those were long touchdowns. So it, it, we really, we just don't know what the defense, I mean, are they the team that uh, really had trouble slowing down the Raiders? Um, are they the team that has actually fared fairly well in some tough matchups? I, what are they? And I think with the Niners, you've got a chance to find out at least a little bit. Um, and I, I genuinely couldn't tell you what the defense is other than a team, a group that needs another guy to rush the passer. I think you're right. This is fascinating, partially for names, other names we haven't mentioned, like what Debo Samuel can do at, with the ball in his hands, with the Niners, like famed rushing game at this point and, and trying to figure out what of all of that translates. Let's, let's stick there for a second. And Nate, also a huge part of it, obviously, in terms of determining the Chiefs defense is if their number one draft pick and and. I'm going to stop trying to start a fight on this one. I was going to say number one linebacker, but I didn't want to get us on a Nick Bolton thing again. And one of their two starting linebackers, <laughs> basically two starting linebackers in this defense. Right. And, and Willie Gay. I mean, uh, McDuffie, Gay, and, and even uh, with Mike Dana, I believe he was officially limited today. Correct. Um, so with with that group, with potentially getting a little healthier, um, Steve Spagnuolo said that Willie Gay is going to have to knock off the rust. I kind of thought that I've been wrong on the Trent McDuffie timeline since the injury, so I'm I wouldn't trust my judgment on that one anymore. Um, what are you hearing about those guys, and then however you see them impacting the Niners? Yeah, even for someone who's a rookie, um, I do think Trent McDuffie will probably be available for Sunday's game, but he may be in a more um, not starting role. Like he might be the third cornerback, so he may not play his usual snaps if he had finished the game in Arizona. I still think the Chiefs. You know, want to you know get him into the to the flow of things, but not put him in like full steam ahead. You're a starter. Um, you know, go out there and, and be a shutdown guy on your side of the field. Um, obviously, Jalen Watson is still available. You still have Lejarius Sneed, so I think Sneed will still be the you know the slot guy, and that will give opportunities for you know Trent McDuffie. It'll be fascinating to see what the Niners do because obviously they can be very diverse and very multiple in a lot of ways like they can be super traditional um and there are times where they can sort of spread you out as well um so that you know the personnel part may play a role in mcduffie snaps too which i don't think we always um account for going into a game or hey why did so-and-so only play this amount of snaps coming out of a game in terms of willie gay uh steve spagnola basically said yep we need him yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! You know, <laughs> like, yes, he did say that he's rusty, but we're going to knock off that rust real quick. <laughs> they better. <laughs> yeah. Like, when, when Andy was like, oh, we'll see how it goes. Like, what do you mean you'll see how it goes? <laughs> we've seen how it goes. That's right. Like, that's exactly. literally a thing we've been doing for the last four weeks. And, <laughs> and he has no not... injuries. No injuries yeah, well, whatsoever. This isn't an injury. This isn't like, oh, let's see if he works off that suspension. What? That doesn't, <laughs> you know, he's going to walk it off a little. That that bugged me. And and I love Andy Reid, but man, that bugged me. Because, like, it, I just had this image in my head of Willie Gay Jr. playing, like, 20 snaps. While Darius Harris plays in the Darius Harris has done okay in his act, but the glaring lack of Willie Gay Jr. was evident all four games he was out, and especially against the Bills. Because you do not see, um, I got his name wrong last time, Singletary catching a pass in the flat. That is not a fast guy. No. And Devin getting Singletary. 15 That's yards why they drafted James Cook. Yeah. 
and getting 15 yards on it. And a few of those plays, you just wipe out just a couple of those. And that that was, and, and, and a couple of those long gains. If you had guys a little faster with their gaps, it wouldn't have happened. Like, to me, it was like, we'll see how it goes. Like, that really was the, no, we've seen how it goes. Willie Gay Jr. is one of the most important players on this defense, just in terms of skill set. Yep. And Josh, did you did you hear today? Did you kind of hear what what what, what what Steve Spagnuolo was trying to um, acknowledge without saying out loud? I'm racking my brain. He had some he had some good lines today, but I don't know I don't know which part of it you're you're referring back to. So a lot of people are basically upset because I should say a lot of people there there are some Chiefs fans who are like, hey, I really would like you know. Uh, maybe the linebacker play to be better, even without, uh, you know, Willie Gay. And obviously that goes to Harrison Bolton. And, hey, we gave up a lot of rushing yards. Today, ladies and gentlemen, um, Steve Spagnuolo basically said we wanted to give them rushing yards. Oh, he said, yeah, he said uh, we we knew it would go that way or something along those lines. Yeah. Basically, like, we showed up in light boxes and was praying, could you please run the ball? (laughs) <laughs> like, could you please do? So it is, like, he did pretty much acknowledge today, and I know this is backwards more than forwards, that the first quarter to first half of the Bills game was, hey, guys, we're going to play a lot of snaps. We're going to bend. Let's not break. And part of bending is, if they get a seven-yard rushing game that is not from Josh Allen, just move on to the next play. Because what we don't want is him gashing us for, 20, 25, 30-yard completions, which, as we've all said before, really only happened once the Bills finally got their protections in order uh, for them to go deep to end the first half. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anything on the forward-looking front, Seth, like in terms of what you're hoping they do show you against the Niners or what? Like give give all of us here, the, the, the rest of us, give us something to look for that you think, hey, this this might be... This might be telling one way or the other. Anything else that kind of strikes you for this matchup? I just look for the side to side stuff. Um, you know, you know, s- you know, stretch stuff to the sideline, um, quick throws to the sideline. You know, dump offs into the flat. You will see a difference in the ability of the defense to close on those. You should at least. Now, Willie Gichu, he missed like six tackles against the Chargers on similar plays because Austin Eckler is a beast, but. At least he got there. <laughs> you know, it slowed him down. And it wasn't just like, there were a couple times, like there was a pass Singletary caught, and that's the way I keep using his name, where he was, I was like, where is everyone? And I was there live. Like, I could see the whole field. And I was like, <laughs> that open? Like, how? And like, I see Bolton is just chugging, trying to catch up. And I was like, was that not his responsibility? Like, how do you end up that far away? Which, you know, stuff happens. It's the NFL. Watch for that. Um... And then also watch the windows on the over the middle stuff. It's not like yeah. they've been impregnable with gay out there, but the windows sure are smaller. And so that that that's another thing to watch for. Yeah, the play action is to hit you over the middle. That is that is the Niners bread to butter. It is guys, it's so gorgeous to watch. Like, oh, uh, they give you that stretch or that counter or that trap or that just or just the lead. And it's just like, why is he why is he so wide open in the middle of the field? Yeah. Dang, why? why? It's like it really it does remind me of like just 90s, early 2000s Madden where it's just like the computer hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, they really they really have it. And I think this is a really interesting game for Nick Bolton because you've got to identify that. You've got to have the right checks. Um, you know, we'll see how much Spagnuolo blitzes, but this is really a linebacker safety game um, based on the way the Niners normally play. And some of their screens are just as cool and elaborate and simple at the same time as, like, you know, what Andy Reid has put together. Um, you know, what's cool, and, and this is, you know, basically what I opened my story with with Willie Gay is, you know, you are in the circumstance that you don't want to be. You don't want to be suspended, but you're suspended. So what can you do? Um, he's been watching film of the Niners for the last three weeks. Like that has basically been his sole responsibility. So when they get to the line of scrimmage and the Niners present whatever they present, it's really up to Willie Gay and Nick Bolton trying to understand where the Niners might be attacking them and how to obviously um, close off those lanes and be in, you know, be in better position than maybe most teams are against the 49ers when they do have their collection together, when they are on, you know, their game script and the game hasn't gotten out of hand. Uh, but look, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo threw for almost 300 yards last week against the Falcons. So they can they can still go up and down the field. It's just a matter of 
are your linebackers and are your safeties capable of making plays in the middle of the field? I know that no one listening wants to hear me say this, but I kind of think this is the game that sends us all into the bye week, all going, all right, the Chiefs defense is actually good. We actually know this now. And and not having the, the you know, flashbacks to the Bills game. I don't know if they can prove everything against the Niners, but I just have to imagine that, that presumably uh, Trent McDuffie coming back and definitely Willie Gay. I just think Andy Reid's probably playing with us a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm relatively bullish on this defense shifting back to maybe surprisingly pleasant. I don't know if I'm buying too much in the first few weeks of the year or if I just want them, the defense to look stable again, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And, and look, um, they've had some fascinating, they've had some really, um, interesting moments, I guess, when, when like they haven't had success, but it's weird. You look at the stats and it, and it sort of, it's sort of tricky because, you know, they were willing to give a lot of yards and a lot of completions to Tom Brady, uh, just so they wouldn't get beat over the top. Uh, I mean, Justin Herbert was really good and had all base had most of his weapons. I guess Keenan Allen didn't play in that game. Um, but like, I don't know if their stats are reflective of who they are. But obviously, those stats tell you that like they're a bottom third defense. Uh, but you have to account for some of the circumstances surrounding that. And look, uh, is Willie Gay the second, third, fourth best defender on the team? It's kind of a your preference at this point, in my opinion, based on the skill set he has that Seth has mentioned and just who you feel is most valuable and has been most contributing so far through six weeks this season. So let's switch sides then. If you guys if you guys have said what needed to be said on the defensive side, the offense has a guy who is not on the team, one guy who is on the <laughs> team, and then one sort of concept for what other teams are doing to them that I think are all pretty interesting and certainly could all be relevant if not immediately this week, this week very shortly. Um, let's let's just start with the, the the news of the week as Odell Beckham Jr. continues to have his recruiting tour and uh, respond to tweets from Des Bryant with a whole bunch of uh, undecodable memes or undecodable emojis. Um, I I want to know Nate where my hope level is allowed to be on who I'm going to call. The original OBJ, because I've also been calling Orlando Brown Jr. OBJ for the mm. last couple of years, and it's made this week very difficult for me. Okay, guys, this is probably why you tuned in, and that's that's fine. That's understandable. I hope that you come here because you obviously respect uh, the information and the insight that we provide, hopefully while doing it in a fun manner. Josh, how optimistic do you want to be about Odell? Oh, I mean, I want to be. I want to be a hundred percent optimistic. I'm not there right now, but I kind of want to be there. Seth, how optimistic do you want to be? Just give us a number. That he'll sign with Kansas City, or that Just, he'll be able to make an impact. Uh, We're not talking about that second one right now, Seth. Okay, all right. Stop! Okay, stop! 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 Ah, okay. uh, one out of ten. Okay. Ooh, oh, you. Oh, that's where you want to be. Ooh. Oh, where do I want to be? Oh. Oh, uh, five out of ten. Most of those are Sky Moore points because you just want Sky Moore to get more reps, right? Am I right? I'm, I'm not wrong. I'm not. They, I'm not against you. They on have this. some I, options in house. I'm just yes. saying. Well, <laughs> it's not that I. I think Odell is obviously a much more proven receiver. It's just 
what he he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. In the like February. Super Bowl. February. Yeah. In February. We are eight months removed from that. I mean, maybe he can come back and be unbelievable afterwards. He's fought his way back from injuries before. But like that's really, really hard to do. And honestly, if that's their big move, that means they're not gonna try to get like a pass rusher. And they need a pass rusher more, I think. Now you do you think it's a <sighs> okay. Also, Travis Kelsey, they had it. They restructured his yes. contract again, yes. moved some of that money yeah, back yeah, yeah, about three million dollars. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. To, I don't, news, news, and free up a little bit of uh, pocket change space. Right, which you could roll over to next season if you don't make a move. Yep. Um, you know, you you have to think about that too. Like, um, as as it might be less exciting, less uh, tantalizing for this season. With Odell, it is clear that he is surveying the landscape of the league. And once again, the Kansas City Chiefs seem like a plausible and attractive destination. These are the facts. Here's where it gets real tricky. When could he be back? That will likely be after the trade deadline. So for all the optimism you can have, you can have as much as you want. And I'm not going to take away your unbridled ability to feel like you you could sort of see OBJ on corner routes catching balls from Patrick Mahomes. All right? But you got to get through the trade deadline first. And so the the money that they essentially cut a check to Travis Kelsey so that they could create cap space. Well, now you're at least in the discussion to some degree about the trade deadline if you want to make a trade, which is to kind of Seth's point. If you get past that and nothing really like comes to fruition um then yeah then you can talk about Odell Beckham Jr. he did tear his ACL in the Super Bowl he was really really good when he was in a functional offense with a competent quarterback around other skilled players Mm -hmm. but enough about the Giants here's where it gets tricky I was joking about the Rams sorry Rams fans can you tell me where the Chiefs are going to be on December 11th when they play the Denver Broncos? Can you tell me the record? Because Odell does not want to come back potentially early from an ACL injury if it ain't with a contender where he's supposed to be the thing that takes him over the top. Can you tell me where Sky Moore is going to be on December 11th? On the sidelines. Boom. Got it. God, you're so good at this. <laughs> all, all this is to say is they will be an option, just like last year. And for Chiefs fans, you just have to, I guess, hope that there won't be a team like the Rams who are like, hey, we already got Bob Miller. Hey, it, NFC still looking kind of weak out there, you know? Like, Odell Beckham Jr. is a very smart human being. I could I could be in LA under Sean McVay in a wide open NFC. And we all know what the outcome was. So it's exciting to talk about now. Will it be just as exciting on December eleventh? Because I don't think it's fair to anticipate that like he gonna be ready for the Chargers on November twentieth. No. I mean, the Bengals on December 4th? I mean, 
I don't know if it's fair. Here, I'll, quick quick uh, shout out to Jason. Jason mentioned this on 810 today. He was doing the math of to where it would be, again, 11 months after his first ACL tear. It was 11 months right. from whenever it was to whenever he returned. And it wasn't like, you know, that was within the season and training camp and all that. I can't remember all the specifics of it. But but he came back mid-season. There were games to be played earlier. He just he couldn't come back yet because, you know, it's a freaking ACL. In this case, are we are we talking about like the wild card round? I think that was where Jason ended up on the math of like, hey, eleven months from last year's Super Bowl would be the wild card, maybe the divisional round of the playoffs. That the only thing hampering my uh, excitement for the hype train is just I don't know if this dude's ready to play football right now, or n- not not right now. He's definitely not right now. I don't know if he will be by the playoffs. Right, and, it, and is that fair to him? You know, let alone yeah. whatever the team has going on. Um, so look, you can you can have that cushion. You can say, hey, this is what we can offer you. It might be comparable or it might be slightly a little less, but we're a better team than maybe the other team that is, you know, that is in your, you know, however many top whatever list. Um, But are we going to see Odell Beckham Jr. in a Chiefs uniform on Christmas Eve against the Seattle? They don't have a defense Seahawks. Mm. I don't know. So when these things happen, it's so cool to see everybody get into a bus because like it tells you how informed and how engaged fans are. And I, I, I genuinely love that, that people are like, Nate, what's happening? And I'm like, I mean, it's sort of a mechanism and he was going to make that money anyway. So they just cut him a check now. And it just, you know, like then I start, you know, explaining things and I'm like, I don't want to sap your love for like a possibility that could happen. Cause it, it still could. Like, I'm not saying it can't happen. There's probably a higher chance. This is where I am right now, based on my understanding. There's probably a higher chance that Oda Beckham Jr. signs with the Chiefs and the Chiefs make a trade at the trade deadline. I'm sorry, Seth. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, maybe Frank Clark will come around. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm Thanks for listening sorry, to this episode Sam. of Time's Ours. I'm I gotta so, go. I'm so, like, I, you know, nah, I guess no one needs to see that side of me, the cynical side of me, the more like, what? yeah, no, maybe we'll put our hope no, in Seth, this happening Hey, again. Seth, we all want to see that. Everybody wants to see that. All right, fine. We've all seen how this play ends. We yes. know how this play ends, and that's how it ended with a guy who they could have easily kept around last year, who's currently playing better than the guy they decided to bring him instead in Melvin Ingram. We saw how it ended last year with two guys, with one elite guy and one above average guy. Right now, they've got one elite guy and then a bunch of average guys. One guy who maybe might eventually be an above average guy, but he's a rookie, so he's inconsistent. So and that... You, so what are you willing to give up to go get the player that you want to get via the trade deadline? You know me, I'm not a mystery box guy. Do whatever it takes. I don't care. Figure it out. There are positions. (laughs) Now, now, okay. Whatever it takes within, you know, within a frame of reason. You know, you you, got to learn lessons from what happened with Frank Clark. You can't trade a first rounder and a second rounder for a guy who's on a franchise tag. Like that you literally have to pay an absurd amount of money to right out of the gate. So who's available? I don't know. And that's the problem is, right, these conversations are always hypothetical. Well, Brian Burns is available. He's probably not. That's what they're reporting. Now, is that, you know, the Panthers just saying. It's a little bit of posturing. Yeah. 
Yeah. A little bit of pasta. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean that's just like, no, give us a first rounder instead right. of, you know, a, a third rounder, which, you know, there's a huge difference just on a complete side note, because I just heard everyone who loves the draft go, no, there's a big difference between trading a first rounder for a guy who's currently in the second to last year of his rookie deal than a first rounder, any second rounder for a guy who's done with his rookie deal and on the franchise tag. And needs to be paid. And needs to be paid immediately. Brian Burns doesn't need to be paid after this season and then maybe next season, but you can still franchise tag him if you really have to. So you're you're actually even a year earlier in the movement than you were with Orlando Brown Jr. Which is so, why the Carolina Panthers should trade this man before November 1st if they are serious about a real full-fledged strip it, not to the screws, strip it to the plot of land rebuild. <laughs> yeah, we just, you know, yeah. I, they, the, these things are very real. And, and, and that, to me, I'll be honest, sometimes I feel like I have a fundamental disconnect, and I'm sure the Chiefs are right and I'm wrong, but I feel like I have a fundamental disconnect with how the Chiefs see players on their defense. The fact that Chris Jones has not gotten his contract extended yet is a... I'm sure they're working on it. We're, we're, we're six games into the season, Seth. And, and I, th- these are the guys you get done now because you're only going to pay more because he is one of the best five defensive players in the NFL. And are, it's only going to get harder. You're talking just like his representation. Right <laughs> <laughs> let's, Seth, let's, come on. Don't let this go. Last last episode, Nate got to use his F-bomb. You use yours today. I'll get mine next episode. Let's go. I, Drop uh, it. You mean... Freedom from sin? <laughs> I would Never fallen, get me! Um, I would have fallen out of my chair, through my floor, into my basement. I uh, know, and, and that alone makes me wish that I was able to compromise. But I, that, that alone, for that reason alone. Someday. It's like, ah! someday, someday it'll happen. It will not be wow. on a podcast. But no, someday. Wow. I, I, I can, I, I like to me the OB, the the Odell Beckham Jr. stuff. It's kind of expecting the lightning in a bottle two years in a row. Him coming back in time from an injury, like hit, to to be highly impactful. And and he's an incredibly talented player. If anyone could do it, he and a handful of other receivers are guys who could do it. He was so good with the Rams. Um, I, I think he'd fit in really well with what the Chiefs need because you need that guy who can beat man coverage. Um, I I would argue they already have guys in house that can, and they are not treating those guys like their main guys. So they're treating the guy who is not a guy who traditionally beats man coverage as their main guy. So there's a lot of frustration there that, that, that I usually have a pretty sunny disposition guy, but like, to me, I feel like it has been since 2019, we have seen the issue with the pass rush in that the guy they got to be the second elite guy has not been the second elite guy. And they're just, I, I don't know what they expect to happen if you keep doing the same things and trying to kind of plug in these things. Now, drafting Karloftis, great start. I I, I like Karloftis a lot, uh, but you, you can throw more at that, especially if your defense is predicated on pressure. So I know I dragged us into the abyss and I apologize oh, is, for that. This is where we're at. No, no, I, this, I, you I didn't enjoyed, drag us anywhere. I enjoyed anywhere. every second of it, sir. <laughs> yeah, me too. And and look, you already touched on some of the differences. I'm going to just go ahead and play a little bit of a spoiler for my own bit here and say none of this is to predict that Brian Burns is going to suddenly discover a weird stomach issue and then have legal trouble and then not produce very much in his next team. I'm not saying that these are going to be step for step, but it is so funny to go back and look four years into their careers. 
Frank Clark in Seattle in four years ended up with 35 sacks. Brian Burns has 29 and a half right now in Carolina. That's both four seasons in those with those teams. Burns is 24. Clark was 25 in his final year. Yeah, and and sense. again. And and I, I really don't want to just compare sacks and years and then say they're the same player because that's not fair. But what is fair is to say, like you just said, Seth, you, you can't just play the same plug it in later type of game where it's not that Brian Burns could not justify the pick and the salary. It's that you've got to be bleeping sure that he's going to justify all that because you're, you, you are doubling down on it. You're paying twice in the draft picks and in the salary. Yes. If you, want to, if you want to use those picks to trade up and go get your offensive tackle of the future or a top 15 sort of edge prospect, well, you can do that and then have them on a rookie contract. So maybe you burnt the picks, but if they're a bust, at least your money is easy. And you can use that money that you saved to go take that shot in free agency. Those free agents are not going to be the same caliber of player. Great players don't hit free agency straight up very often, but you can fill out the rest of your roster with that money. I, I hate paying twice unless it's for something that's a bona fide lock. This is also a weird comparison, but the Broncos thought they had one when they got a franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson. Yeah, but and that they was traded just... all their picks and they used all that money and they're double bleeps. Like that that's the difference between what they did there and what they did with Peyton Manning. You know, being able to just bring in a guy is a is a different ball of wax. For sure. Yeah, the paying twice is a is a rough gig. And that's why, you know, like I said, you can't you can't do the same thing. Because Frank Clark was in theory a much safer bet. Than a draft pick. Than a draft, absolutely. Because he was absolutely. an excellent player and a consistent one for years. Yes, yes. he had and, three really good years consecutively in Seattle. Yeah, and there's no such thing as a sure thing. And that's why I think the I, the trading the first and the second and knowing the salaries coming that very year. Like the reason I was a little more okay with the, with the Orlando Brown Jr. trade was a year of controlled costs. Yep. And a single pick as opposed to multiple. Because with, with draft picks, obviously the first, second, third rounders, you know, they matter more because they're up higher. But there's also volume of picks right. too, which is a really big deal. But no, you're absolutely right. And that's why, I mean, I would hesitate to do that. The It just, the the, the two years of cost control with Burns is nice. Well, a year and a half now, really. Um, right. But it's definitely, you you have to really consider the, the cost there, like you said, because you're paying twice. And with Burns, are you paying twice immediately? No. But you are still paying twice. I mean, make no mistake. You're not getting a guy in his second year like you would if you traded for, I don't know, Elijah Moore as a wide receiver. Um, no reason. No, no reason to bring him up. I uh, <laughs> Man, no one wants to play wide receiver for the Jets. Like, I get it. Hey, man. Denzel Mims and him, they're both like, yeah. no, nah, we got to get out of here, guys. Now, one component. They, they that- can't let their moms in the locker room because of a quarterbacking <sighs> issue. Allegedly. <sighs> Look, you know. We love who we love. Anyway. And Zach Wilson loves Cougars. BYU. Anyway. Allegedly. Oh, <laughs> you don't even have to say allegedly. Um, it's going to be about you. Uh, God, there are so many things I want to say. But <laughs> in terms of the component that I, I don't think you guys mentioned, but I, I, I'll just quickly throw it here. Um, another reason why they probably should learn and they probably have is that was that that Frank Clark trade was a one was a I don't want to say it's like a obviously there's a lot of sliding doors kind of element to it but there was a there was that window's never going to be there again I guess is what I'm trying to get at mm. um because the con, the rookie the quarterback was on a rookie contract yeah good point and that's never coming back <laughs> no. so 
Uh, or unless unless we have an NBA 2016. Well, you know, guys, we could just really, um, you know, smooth this thing out like on a graph. Mm-hmm. No, we just want to we just want to put the TV all the money into it now. <laughs> Why do you guys look? I love the NBA. Um, absolutely, <laughs> I could hear the N- I could hear the that, I love NBA wheels turning. That <laughs> this man told y'all Russell Westbrook was an issue, and then he was like, "They have a max contract open for me." What a time! No one will. No one will remember. Hey, look up Timothy Mozgov. Oh, that oh, Strike I, I got you right now. Iron is hot. God, can someone give me a Timothy Mozgov contract, please? Um, I'll get you that contract details as, as somewhere oh, I, along the line of I us talking about I, the Chiefs' offensive line. I am line. never, ever, ever going to forget it because I was there. That's oh. by the way. I'm also getting old enough to start using the phrase "you just had to be there," and I uh-huh. was there. You were there for Timothy Mozgov. Where the was is like italicized. Um, so look, the Frank Clark thing. It's a bigger issue if it happens again, because then you 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 gotta be right. Um, whereas, much like the Khalil Mack situation, rookie right, like it's it is, it's not apples to apples, but it's pretty close. Um, where the Chargers were like, we we need another, you know, we need that second guy. And the quickest way to get that second guy for this season is not drafting and developing somebody. And it ain't free agency. It's go get me an elite dude <coughs> via a trade. Because the rookie contract is... is It only comes once once you've found the actual quarterback. Um, so for any trades moving forward with this team, the equation is obviously totally different. Um, but... It would be easier. Now, I'll tell you this. Talking to coaches, scouts, it would probably be easier for a pass rusher to come in and make an impact. We just saw it with Melvin Ingram. OBJ just kind of had like a Hall of Fame moment because I can't remember. If, if, let me think about this real quick. I think it was a coach. But but someone told me, and I may have said this before, but like, Think of how many wide receivers change change teams in the middle of the season and actually have like a real legitimate significant impact towards winning. Like it goes to kind of the incredible work that Sean McVay did with Odell Beckham Jr., but much of the credit goes to Odell for like learning that offense quickly, getting up to speed, and then being like ready when the playoffs started. Because that's why they won the Super Bowl. They had they had, they had a real trio of him, Cooper Cup, and obviously Matthew Stafford, um, with plenty of motivation behind them. So, it'll be like if you want to make a trade for a defensive player or a pass rusher, that player will probably have an easier path towards making immediate success or giving you immediate benefits on said investment versus even someone like Odell Beckham Jr. trying to do it for the second straight year. Um. This is the point of the show where I look at the clock and go, oh, it's been an hour. And then I look back over at where we started and I was like, please make set, please make Nate talk about his story about the Chiefs offense versus man defense. And we are an hour into the show. Yep. I'm going to kick it over to you um, and and still and still let you cook on this front. Um, but 
I think it's super interesting. I have lost my tab because I opened multiple tabs for Timothy Mozgov. His career earnings, by the way, $87 million. Um, the, uh, the, the contract you're going back to was four years for $64 million. All of it guaranteed, of course. That was from the Lakers, who he proceeded to play one season for, I think. I was there, um, I was there. You got to witness true, absolute, absolute uh, robbery history. 64. Um, I, I had the stats highlighted from... Uh, from from what the Chiefs basically the Bills played played twice as much man coverage as usual against right. the Chiefs and it worked. The Raiders played a ton of man coverage against the Chiefs and it didn't work. So we kind of get to occupy this fun space of like, hey, what's real here? What what matters and what doesn't? Um, and Seth, I, assuming that you have not been um, sucked up into a like one of those tubes that they have at banks, which is how I always imagine you leaving the show late in the uh, late in the game. I, I want to hear what both of you guys think about what of that matters. What what of it is consequential and what if it's just sort of fluky or, or just the flavor of the moment? Uh, I'm going to agree with Seth probably before he can get to it. Um, much like we said, maybe last episode about Isaiah Pacheco, they just need to play sky more, more like <laughs> they just need to. Mm-hmm. Um, McCole Hartman's getting healthy. Um, he seems to be like the next best option to beat man coverage. Um, uh, think about this for Marquez Valdez Cantlin. He is on the roster for next season. Um, I'm sure he is aware of the Oda Beckham Jr. talk. Much of that talk kind of points in his direction because Juju's been good in his role. He's getting better in his role. We see clear uh, path towards success as more and more teams obviously have to account for Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is going to be fine. Um, it's so funny to me that like we spent 30 minutes of this show today on something we might not have talked about if Creed Humphrey wasn't illegally far downfield. That's just sliding doors. Back to you. Yeah. I... MVS has lost some opportunities that weren't right. his fault. You know? Because he's had one touchdown taken off the table for a penalty. Maybe two. I feel like there's another one that I'm forgetting somehow. I also kind of thought there was a second one. And then he also has had a couple of big plays where Mahomes just missed him over the top. And, and obviously, you know, every player has those things, so you can't just account for that. But... It would be really funny if he had another, you know, 175 yards and two touchdowns. And they just win, just say they win the Bills game. I mean, yeah, that right. just totally changes the tenor. But who who does Oda Beckham Jr. routes take away from most? No, I you, I think you're Absolutely. objectively right. I just yep. was thinking out loud that if Creed Humphrey's not too far downfield, that conversation is different. Maybe that, that it should be, but just that yeah. it would have been. And, 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 and it's worth Correct. noting... Well, you know what, Nate? I'll let you finish. I'm sorry, I keep it. No, no, no. I don't go, think you're saying. No, M- go ahead. I don't think you're saying MVS has been bad. Right. I mean, he's he's he's, fine. The, he's the one most. He could be the one most impacted, not yeah. just from what happens or what has happened already, but just like they're going to make more investments in Sky Moore. Like McCole Harmon's in a contract year. He knows the system. He's been in it the longest. You know, Justin Watson is probably still going to get his you know sprinkling here and there, but you know he's obviously providing value on special teams. Juju is a zone and inside man beater. Even, you know, his slant that he took 41 yards, that was against man's coverage. Like, that's exactly what you would ask for him to do in certain situations. Um, Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey. That only leaves one for one, by and large, if you're going to have the real Odell Beckham Jr. discussion, which, again, could happen in, I don't know, 
mid-December to January, the most important games of the year. Um, but, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, they probably got a scheme of things a little bit better. Um, and my, there's a really good conversation that you should listen to on the athletics football show with Robert Mays, Nate Tice. I'm recommending that now, but they, they discuss why defenses are having such an advantage. Part of that is because offenses have gotten arrogant because offenses have usually been the one dictating at the line of scrimmage. You're in this, we do that. Oh, you would you you're gonna adjust to this? We got we got an answer for that. Oh, I see this blitz. Well, the quarterbacks, some of them, are so good that they can get the ball out so fast, so accurate that we still have the advantage. The Chiefs in this particular situation, if the trend continues probably need to not be so attacking. And that is the exact word that Eric Bietemi said today. We are an attacking offense. Well, if you're if they're playing man and you can't get open consistently on man, you need to not be so attack heavy, which means chips, seven-man protections, little play action, Something else where you're not always trying to attack in the ways you did before. And 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 hopefully that all makes sense. That all does make sense. Um the the right now, one of the areas of frustration for me with the Chiefs has been that with MVS, you have a relatively uh niche player that they are trying to have be like kind of the number one guy. And you know, and Andy reads off and I say, well, there's not any one number one guy, which is, was not true when Tyreek Hill was in town. But they 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 are utilizing him for certain things like contested catch stuff. It's just not his thing. And you 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 obviously can't make it too one dimensional in terms of how you play call for each individual guy. But that's been one of my biggest frustrations there. In that, with how teams were playing the Chiefs, and now. There's a whole conversation to be had about the fact that teams are playing the Chiefs in multiple ways now. And it used to be, you talked about dictating things. The existence of Tyreek Hill dictated how teams had to play the Chiefs. Right. And now, they can play man coverage a lot more often. And it's not like Andy Reid doesn't have man coverage beaters in his, you know, in his in, in his bag. He's got a ton of those. And you see them run some of that stuff. They stack stuff. They run different kinds of crossers. Various. Andy Reid has more pick plays than. And now we wouldn't. Poor Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. I the mean, poor that's. Poor Raiders. And it's just. Zone. Yep. It's just a matter of knowing what's coming. And there's more versatility in defensive play calling now. And you always knew that was going to happen. Right. When you gave up Tyreek Hill, you always knew you were at letting the other team add more things to its playbook because that's one of the things he brought in terms of value is he, by his existence, limited what opposing defenses could call. Now they can mix it up more, which means that your play call is as likely as not to to kind of it wouldn't surprise me if they've got if they if they go to the line with a, a few different things in mind, depending on whether they follow, you know, Hardman or whoever they put in motion to determine man versus zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the thing with that is, like you talk about, you know, Beckham taking those snaps from MVS. 
It's because he's a guy who can do those multiple things well. He can make contested catches well. He can separate over the middle of the field a little bit better, or a lot better, actually. Um, But while still being a deep threat, which MVS is a very good deep threat, but they're asking MVS to be like this multiple receiver that it doesn't seem like he is. And that's where it's frustrating for me. I understand you can't tip your hand by, by swapping guys in and out too often, but you know what? Plenty of teams do that. And, and, and sky more looks better in, in some of that short stuff in and out. Now he's still got work to do. He, 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 he takes too many steps sometimes in his moves. He's working on physicality uh, and, and, and but you see him, making progress in that. And it's frustrating because it feels like the progress could be faster. He, he could run some of the same routes MVS is running. I think he could do it better. And that's where a point of frustration comes for me. And that's where a guy like Beckham, who can do it all, might just replace him on a lot of those snaps. Well, on that shining note, uh, maybe we'll see more Sky Moore this week. Maybe it'll be on the other side of the bye. Maybe it will never come. And Seth will slowly begin a descent into madness. I do like that you have a guy now um, that is going to, his where his usage is going to directly to determine your public happiness for the rest of the week. <laughs> I think all of us being that kind of invested in Sky Moore is uh, undeniably a good thing. So if you want to read more about the Chiefs versus Man and also an upcoming story on Willie Gay Jr., that'll be from Nate up on theathletic.com. And I know Seth is working on an, a Patrick Mahomes Buffalo Bills film review that'll be going up on the Chiefs in the North newsletter shortly, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. We talked about some of your early first half takeaways before the show. But we're going to maybe we'll talk about him on Monday if we need to. But otherwise, people can go check it out in the newsletter. So theathletic.com, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. And we're all on Twitter as well at by Nate Taylor, at real mnchiefsfan, and at JB Briscoe. We went way long for this episode because we got so excited talking about barbecue. You can't you can't complain about us spending 10 minutes on barbecue when we gave you 10 extra minutes on the back end of it. Yeah. So I feel like you at least got your. Your hour and then some. Maybe two full meals worth of Time's Ours today uh, for uh, for Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor. I'm Joshua Briscoe. I don't usually sign off this way. I just throw it over to Nate. Well, the stats are what they are, guys. Um, People have now started the trend of free Pacheco. <laughs> Hashtag free Pacheco. This is, this is where we are. Um... This is the game, right? I mean, this is this this should be the game um, where they let Isaiah Pacheco run free. Uh, but no, I, I think you know we didn't talk much about the running backs today, but I do understand why people are like, can we please free this man? Because if he's got to be in the game, he's got to be in protection. The only way to learn is to, is to just do it. Just, just got to do it. So we're, we're, we're going into game seven. As I mentioned before, the Chiefs haven't won in San Francisco since 1971. Um, and, you know, like, if they lose, we have the trade deadline to talk about for 10 days, guys. 10. So they better win is what I'm, is what I'm getting at.